as a childhood dream. I really wanted to be a pilot. And I was finally in a place where I had the financial ability to get my private pilot license. So I said, I'm going to do it someday. I started in Buffalo, got about halfway through. The economy crashed. It was a six-year break. I got back on my feet, and I did it. I said, I'm going to fly airplanes. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Millennial Mentality Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Agnelli, here with my co-host, Peter Price. Yep. And our guest today, Alex Coton. What's yeah. going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's to have you, bro. We're really excited to have you. Um... Alex and Piga introduced downtown West Palm, I believe. Yeah, we kind of go way back. Yeah. Really, Palm Beach Island, um, the old Kachina, right? That's Before right. Before the renovations, yeah. OG Kachina. Um, was this Manager Pete? Yeah, Manager yeah, Pete. Yeah, yeah. I was like probably 19 years old, bro. Is that where you're? Uh, you go out a lot? Is is Palm Beach, or do you stick to West Palm? I'm or? all over the place, yeah, so yeah. I don't discriminate. <laughs> Where's your home base? Downtown West Palm. Yeah. Is that where you're from originally? No, Buffalo, New York. Moved here about 10 years ago. What brought you down? Climate, opportunity, yeah. beautiful Everyth- place to be. Everything. Yeah, cool. Now, why West Palm? And f- I always wonder this, like, why do people pick, like, because it's hard. Like, I understand you're probably, like, warm, but there's so many places that are that. California, Florida, Texas, um, opportunity. So, like, what made you pick West Palm itself? Well, I did some research. I looked at New York City. Yeah. I looked at Los Angeles. Looked at San Diego, Dallas, Vegas, Miami, Lauderdale, Tampa, and West Palm. Wow. I picked West Palm out of all those. Damn. Number two was San Diego. I've heard really good things about San Diego, yeah. And it's kind of similar to West Palm. It's a small city on the water with big city amenities. Yeah. Mm. That's what I really love about West Palm. But San Diego is much more expensive and hard to get back and forth to Buffalo to get home True. where my family and all my friends were at the time. Yeah. What, how, what age were you when you moved down to West Palm? Let's see. I was late twenties. Okay, how scary of a move was that? Or it, you... it wasn't at all. I really? was so ready. It, it was <laughs> exciting. Yeah, yeah. And so, with closing one chapter and opening another, what was your your main goal with coming down here? So I had a, a business in Buffalo that really struggled through 2010 when the economy crashed, when when we had all the mortgage defaults. Mm-hmm. So I lost everything. Okay. And it was a start over. Mm. So I got back on my feet over the next couple of years in Buffalo, got back on my feet, then came down here to Florida because I didn't have a big staff or team. So I actually had the ability. I had over 100 employees in Buffalo, management team. So I was in my office 12 to 13 hours a day. Yeah. But once the economy crashed, it was a a fresh start. Mm. And I said, before I get tied down by something else here to Buffalo, just have to pick a day and do it. Wow. Mm. So you literally packed all your shit in a U-Haul and moved. I did. Wow. Now, what was the experience like in the transition to West Palm over the course of the first six to months to a year? A disaster. Yeah. <laughs> the people. The people were the hardest part because people from Buffalo, where I'm from, are very trustworthy, yeah. honest, and good people. <laughs> so I just assumed we had the Welcome same to thing Florida. here. <laughs> and I saw how happy everybody is here. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you know, everybody's trustworthy mm. and nice here for, for the same reasons. Yeah. And it just wasn't the case. I've met the craziest people. Yeah. And I, I raised some investment dollars before I came down. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for other business opportunities besides what I was doing. And just met the worst people, mm-hmm. scammers, mm-hmm. liars, people that were moving here to hide from problems. Mm-hmm. So it was hard, like really hard for me to build the crew of friends I have now. 
you you find I, like I find I have a really good radar for detecting the bullshit or yeah. not at, at my age. Um, but I feel for you like my uh, fiance is from the Midwest, and people there are just genuine in what they say, you know. And it's like, yeah. it's uh, it's Midwest nice, you know. It's it's just it, and it's it, it was very refreshing at first because you go out and you'd have drinks with friends of friends and. You know, you almost felt this vibe of like, are they actually interested in what the fuck I'm saying, or or are is that just a fake smile? Because I'm so used to it back home. Right. Um, but it's so true. A lot of people, other places, just have that genuine trustworthiness and being nice just for the fuck of it. So it's really nice. <laughs> and here we just don't have that with most people, especially yeah. Yeah. the the people that are from out of town, the right. New York City, New Jersey. It's transactional relationships. They want something mm. from you, or they, you know, it's it's always a, a grab and go. You know, it, it really is, and that was a, a hard lesson because yeah. I was so trusting when I came down here. So after that year of struggling, where was the first turn? You know, down that new path. It was probably about two years before I started meeting people that were actually genuine good people. Yeah. Mm. and it's about the time I started working on my pilot's license because okay. I was meeting similar people in aviation with similar passions. What led you in that direction? It was a childhood dream. I really? always wanted to be a pilot. And I was finally in a place where I had the financial ability to get my private pilot license. So I said, I'm going to do it someday. I started in Buffalo, got about halfway through. Mm. The economy crashed. It was a six-year break. Wow. Got back on my feet, and I did it. <laughs> I said, I'm going to fly airplanes. Yeah. Now, what are the steps, because you end up flying down the road in F-16, um, but what were the steps from going to fly school to doing that? There's a, a, a lot behind that one. Yeah. So <laughs> my number one goal, bucket list goal ever, was to fly in a military fighter jet. Yeah. And if, if I could That's even top that, <laughs> it will be with the Thunderbirds in an yeah. F-16. So I said I'm going to do it. Yeah. And while I was working on my pilot's license, I started reaching out to, to the military, seeing if it's possible. Everybody says, no, it's mm. absolutely impossible. Join the military, work your way up. So I, I looked at joining the military, too, but mm -hmm. I, I was too old. Oh, okay. And it's my only regret, actually, What's guys. the cutoff to join the military? It's 28 to be a fighter pilot. Wow. Uh, is it specific to, like, if I wanted to be an infantry, is that a different age, or is it 28? That's a different age, but, okay. to, but to be a fighter pilot, which really was what I wanted to be yeah. my passion. Mm -hmm. So that's crazy. We're about to be out of our, like our Navy prime. Is yeah. it Navy? Uh, uh, Air, Force. Air Force. Air Force. And right, I right. think Navy is about the same. Yeah, that is insane. And is that off of uh, mental attributes or physical or both? I don't or? know how they came up with it, but I'll tell you what, I'm sharper now than I, I was yeah. yeah. I can I fly better now. Yeah. yeah, I believe it. So you called them, they were saying no, then where was your next step? So what happened was I moved on to my next business which was a vodka brand. Okay. And I learned social media. Mm -hmm. I got pretty decent at it. So I started tying in my social media and building the liquor brand and my personal brand alongside. And so, what made you choose a vodka brand? Why did you choose that endeavor? Well, that, that was something that happened completely by mistake. Really? What happened is I'm a social guy, so always entertaining people at my condo. Mm -hmm. And we'd have red solo cups like yours there. Yeah. We'd mix them up. So uh, I said, I need a solution. I went on Amazon. I searched for cocktail markers. Yeah. There were plastic little monkeys, mermaids, and giraffes. The ones that hang on the, on the lip yeah. of the cup type thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought the plastic monkeys. And when you come over my house, you'd have a blue monkey on your drink, red on yours, orange on mine. Problem solved. We right. would not mix up our cocktails. Yeah. Then we'd go to bars. 
my friends and I, we'd have monkeys hanging on our road sodas. We'd put them <laughs> on our drinks at the bar, and people mm-hmm. would say, hey, what is that? Can I have one? What's it mean? It started organic conversation, which yeah. I liked. Yeah, I like meeting new people. Yeah, I, yeah. I like when shy people meet new people. Guys even picked up girls. They put yeah. a monkey on a girl's drink and it started a conversation. So <laughs> yeah. I feel like in today's world. Dropping something in the drink. <laughs> like it could be mistaken yeah, yeah, yeah. for something else. It's just a fucking monkey, I swear. <laughs> yeah, I swear, it's just a monkey. <laughs> so we would just keep giving these out. Yeah. Then people would send me pictures of this monkey when they go out snowboarding yeah. on a cruise. Right. When they're out on a four-wheeler. And I yeah. got sick of getting pictures of these monkeys all over. <laughs> So I knew Instagrams for pictures. It's a monkey. We live in paradise. Monkey in paradise. Social media was born. Wow. So you started the social media before the actual company. Correct. There was no plan for a company off this. Mm-hmm. This was a, a social movement, uh, being social, meeting new people, you, and enjoying right. life. So people taking pictures around the world, sending it to you, and you posting them type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was more about people starting conversations yeah, and yeah, having yeah. a better time while they're out. And then what made you decide you needed your own spirit? After about a year between Facebook and Instagram, the social media accounts were at 10,000 followers. Wow. With other people's content. Wow. Yeah, with people having fun, smiling, doing That's cool things. That's a great things. point to make with, some, with other people's content. Yeah, yeah. You didn't even have to make original content. That's, That's right. amazing. Pe- people are putting stickers on their cars. And wow. There's no point. Nothing yeah. behind it except the social experience. Wow. Very cool. I was out with a couple friends at a bar. We have our monkeys out. People are taking pictures of them. Mm-hmm. Say, guys, what are we going to do? Are we going to sell these monkeys and brand them Monkey in Paradise maybe? Sell them in little five packs at gas stations? That's, that's what I was thinking. That would be your first step. That's what we were thinking. Then we, we looked behind the bar. We said, how boring are all these liquor brands? They don't mm-hmm. have organic advertising. They don't have a, a social type element to their branding. Mm-hmm. So I figured if we have our own vodka, we could just keep going with what's happening with Monkey in Paradise, being social, having a good time, enjoying life, mm-hmm. and take this whole lifestyle brand into a liquor. Okay. Yeah. Two of my crazy friends decided it's a good idea. We partnered together. We put our life savings into it. We started Monkey in Paradise Vodka. Wow. What's the startup like on a liquor company like that? Is it crazy? Crazy hard. Really? Capital intense. Insanely competitive. Yeah. Everybody True. telling you you can't do it, True. including your, your friends. And the reps probably too. Like, bro, like, I mean, there's a million vodkas out there. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to get a rep at first. So okay. you have to find You're repping yourself. You, really? you're, you're, you're doing self-distribution. I mean, this is how me and Alex first came to meet. I was managing Kachina, yeah. and he walked in with a case of Monkey in Paradise one day. Did you take it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, was doing I love that backstory. Yeah. The backstory is amazing, yeah. you know? I was doing deliveries out of, out of the back of my Corvette. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so you just pull up to bars, liquor stores, and say, hey, this is what I got. No. So you have to go in. You have to sell them first. Right. Put on a presentation. And normally, that's not your first meeting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to sell them. Get them to agree to place an order. Do the paperwork. Then okay. after that, deliver it after the order. So mm-hmm. it's a really long sales cycle. Wow. I thought it would be as simple as like, yeah, give me a case, <laughs> you know? Right. Once you develop the relationship, it gets to be that way. Yeah, but yeah. it's not like... Not uh, at first. Not yeah. at first, right. It takes time. And Peter can tell you how many people walk in and try to sell a new product. And, and that's the thing. Like, uh, being on both sides of that yeah, coin, yeah. you know, being a manager, 
you know, you feel like you've got a lot on your plate already as it is. And when you see someone coming in, any sale, it's like when, uh, you know, a door to door salesman walks up to your house, yeah. you're going to pretend like you're not home. You yeah, know, a lot exactly. of the times you're like telling the hostess, like, hey, tell them I'm in a meeting. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But the great thing about Alex is, you know, obviously your personality is amazing. You're very friendly and outgoing. And, uh, and your brand had a, a meaningful story behind it, you know, yeah. which I think separates you from a lot of that competition where it's just like, hey, this is good stuff, you know. We taste it. It's taste delicious. it. It tastes yeah, good, yeah, yeah. you know. You, you came in with a different sort of pitch, you know, where it's a it culture. was encouraging social interaction, you yeah. know, which I could appreciate. And then we really supported the brand. Too. 100%. So we'd always show up with people. We're, yeah. we're, we're spending, yeah. promoting events at the venues. So it was a real partnership. Yep. Now, was Cucina the first bar you entered in? What, what was the first the bar? It wasn't the first. It was probably the first 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how fast, how many no's did it take to start getting some traction? It took a lot of no's, yeah. of course. But fortunately, the story was so good yeah. that we were getting a lot higher than industry average, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, with this mindset you have of, you know, deciding to make a liquor company, getting a million no's and still doing it, decide to be a, a you want to fly a, a fighter jet, saying no, still do it. What do you think that is? Just an innate ability to believe in yourself or is it just confidence blindly? What is it? It's all that. It's a drive. It's confidence. It's believing in yourself and it's wanting the challenge. Yeah. The challenge doesn't scare me. Have you been that way your whole life? I have. Mm. So the no's almost fire you up. They do. Yeah. Um, now what part of you, is it, is it just a, a thing that you were born and raised with or do you have daily routines and habits that are in addition, uh, you know, or help that? I was always driven yeah. as a child and I had a middle-class upbringing. So this was all new to me. Yeah. So I never had a boat growing up or had access to airplanes or yeah. fancy cars. So this is all brand new, but it's all something I envisioned and said, I'll do whatever it takes to get to. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the secret sauces too is is visioning it. You know, I, I mm -hmm. saw this video the other day. Shout out TikTok. We'll talk about that in a sec. But I saw yeah. it on TikTok, and it's like, if someone asked someone who's very successful. You know, do you think manifestation is actually a thing? And he's like, all manifestation is is a dream. And when you look at anything around us in our metaphysical world or physical world. It's all just dreams. Like this microphone. One dude was sitting on a couch in the 1800s like, yo, fuck, I should make something to speak into and you could record it. And it was just a thought in his head, just a dream. And now we're standing here talking into a microphone. So you got to realize that don't discount these dreams or ideas or stuff that pops into your head that seems crazy. Mm -hmm. Because if you kill that dream there, it's never going to survive. And most of the time, you're never going to change either your world or the world around you, mm -hmm. you know? And I know a lot of people have good ideas, but there's yeah. a really big difference between an idea and executing. Correct. And most people don't want to commit to the execution. Right. Now, what do you think the problem with that is? What would, what would be the diagnosis for not executing on what you're thinking? I think it's that they're not confident enough in the idea and don't think that they can fully execute. They're not fear of to, failure. They're not willing to make the massive commitment it takes. Right. Right. Do you think fear of failure weighs more than confidence, or do you think it's the other way around? I think it's a. It depends on the individual, probably. Yeah. Um, For you, what was it? I think um, I've I've got a good amount of confidence in myself, yeah. you know, um, kind of for that same reason you were just talking about. Where like, if I can visualize something, or you know, if I can work through it in my head and come up with the idea in my head, you know, and logistically make sense of it in my head, then I know there's nothing holding me back physically from doing yeah. it. You know, it's just a matter of execution, like you said. And what really gives me hope But is I think there's some people that care so much, much about what other people think correct. that the fear of failure cripples them because they're so scared to say, I'm going to do this. 
and then if it doesn't work out for them and they have to go back to their old job or they have to tell their friends, yeah, I tried and it didn't work, that fear of failure and what other people are going to think about them failing keeps them from ever trying. And the kicker to that, too, is if you have someone judge you based off of the fear of failure, they've never really tried, it, tried anything in their life because anyone who's tried anything crazy and achieved it or still has gone down that progress no, has respect for it. it. Yeah, has respect for it and knows that failure and the nose are a part of it. Right. Failure isn't bad. It is not no, bad. Right. You move on to your next thing. 100%. Yeah. Or it, get better. It, that's it. And and if you take that fi- uh, failure, as you were saying, and it's gas and it's a lesson learned, it's a, I'm not going to do that again, I'm going to pitch it this way. Right. That's how you gain experience. That's how you be wise in business. I mean, uh, even just to use an, an example for us, you know, the last couple of weeks we've been talking to potential sponsors about partnering up with the podcast and um, our first few conversations, it was our first time ever having a conversation yeah. like this with anyone, you know, we don't know what we're doing. And uh, our first few conversations with people like that didn't go obviously the way we wanted them to, of you course. know, but we didn't go, fuck dude. Yeah. Well, we're not doing it anymore, you know, shut yeah. it down. You know, we it we just, sat together for an hour and said, how do we have like, to have that conversation yeah. next time? You know, we got this result from saying this, so we got to, how do we change our verbiage? How, what do we need to do? Where do we need to get? So that next time we have that conversation, it gets it gives us the outcome we want. What's the equation? Like, what yeah. is the algorithm for us to succeed? And it's just finding and shifting things around. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, it's it was crazy for us, though, because I was born and raised around construction, and I was always in it. You were, you know, were shadowing a tattoo artist for several months, so you saw that conversation go. I had no, I've, I still have really no fucking clue how conversations go between content creators and sponsors. Like, I, I don't know if it's... A secret book that I don't know about as far as pricing. I think it, it varies from creator to creator, but it was it was not a scared conversation, but it was one that I was so blind on. I was like, let's just throw shit out of wall and see what sticks. Um, so it was, it was good, but to our point, it's like know that failure is part of the process. It sounds cliche and something you'd see in an inspirational quote, but it's going to happen. And typically, the people who don't win are the ones that quit when they do fail. Right. You need to take it as a lesson, not as a sign that you're on the wrong path. Right. Absolutely. And to find sponsors, you have to keep doing what you're doing, mm. build your audience, yeah. and keep talking to more and more people. And it will happen. Yeah. Is it? Do you think one of the highest pillars for content creation is just consistency? Consistency is so important. Yeah. I really do. Because you said you're developing your brand. Yeah. Because you did it for a year and and had about 10,000 combined followers. So you were consistently posting for a year. Oh, with a full time managing this, learning it, figuring it out. Yeah. Now, when you were starting that process, there was still no question like, listen, I got a thousand followers. I've been doing this for six months. You know, we, I don't really think about it like that, but sometimes I'm thinking like, what is the metric to go off of? Is this slow? It's not a number thing. So okay. my personal Instagram account, I have 35,000 followers, okay. which is not a lot when it comes to selling ads to, to sponsors right. or anything like that. Then I have an aviation account that has almost a million followers. Okay. I signed a deal last week with Paramount Pictures Wow. to promote a movie just on my personal account. I, it was so much money. It shocked me that I offered to do a collaborator post with my big account. Yeah. They said no, they didn't even want it. What? So and what they, is they, it they, about they, your they, personal account that adds more value? It's a personality, not just pictures. Okay. So it's the engagement of the audience within the 35,000 followers. Kind of. It's okay. a consistency of, of the content because the bigger account has a lot more views, a lot yeah, more yeah, yeah. likes, but there's no face to the there's brand. There's no face to it exactly. It's pictures of airplanes, of flights. 
It's not a personal brand. So even if you promote something on there, they don't even know who's vouching for they that thing. They didn't care, yeah. yeah so, right. so Paramount said, you know what? Even though we're paying you X dollars, we just want your personal account right? with, with this caption, these hashtags, and only tagging Paramount. Wow. And is that something they approached you about or you approached them? They approached me. And I thought it was fake. It seemed too good to be true. That's not so the usual case, right? Some, somebody that You big. see if they got the blue check mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 That's I do, incredible. I do a lot of small to mid-size yeah. campaigns yeah. in my personal media, but this one was just above and beyond and paying so much it didn't seem real. Wow. wow. Congratulations. Well, yeah, thank man, you, that's thank awesome. You. And, and, it and, just, and it, there's no guidance. They said, all we want you to do is post a picture of your choice promoting this movie that was released on April 1st. Wow. Wow. So I said, you know what? I'm going to blow them away. Yeah. This is crazy. <laughs> I could have taken a picture watching TV yeah. and saying, hey, I love watching the, the, right. the movie trailer. And you went above and beyond that? So I, so I did something crazy. What would you do? We took two privately owned fighter jets yesterday, flew in formation, upside down, and I'm holding the iPad watching the trailer I saw upside this. down. I saw that. <laughs> these, so, people, these people are opening their phone like what we the picked fuck? the fucking guy <laughs> so, so yeah. i just went all in good because you know they're gonna probably use you yeah. again if they i can. think it's gonna really pay off good shit man has I that has that. that promotion posted yet it has yeah i posted this morning did yeah. do well yeah it's doing fairly well so that's far. awesome man. good shit dude i um, love that now with the content creation what percentage do you think it's the vodka business the content creation and all your other endeavors like well, how do you break that up so i'm not active in the vodka business anymore okay we hired an executive team a few years ago to really run it and take it to the next level mm -hmm. and mainly raise the money because okay. it takes so much capital and we didn't have experience in vodka so we, we brought on a team to take that over Plus, I saw that, that my interests were in the content creation, mm. social media, mm. and other businesses. Yeah. So we launched it. We, we got it to where, where it was a successful brand regionally. We knew it was time to turn it over to a team to take it national mm. and put it in a position to sell the company. And how's that been working so far? It's been working out fairly well. Yeah. Cool. What, what major bumps in the road that you didn't see coming hit you? It's hard when you hire people that weren't familiar with the brand from day one yeah. and they have different ideas yeah. when you develop it from the beginning. So did, I, did, think, I think that's the hardest part when, when you see changes that, that maybe you don't agree with. Mm. What were the biggest changes that they suggested that you realized after the fact, like it was a good suggestion, but like, you, you know, what was the first thing that came in and was like, Ooh, we should be doing this different. So they redid our imagery and branding. So like the we, label, so we, the label. So, so we redid that. Did a great job, hired a really expensive firm to do it. Yeah. It, it turned out awesome. Yeah. We didn't have the luxury. Of Which a, is the current label, right? Yeah. Yeah. It does look great. We didn't have a luxury of a budget to do that, Yeah, but they pulled it off. Oh, okay. So that's maybe one of the benefits, too, of partnering with a bigger firm. It is, um, yeah. Is the resources. connections that they make. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Wow. That is, a, isn't it crazy that there's firms that just do logos and like, yeah. like what? If, uh, if you knew what we paid just for the logo yeah. and the label insane really? i mean I don't, no. I don't think i can say it but it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> more than a car okay wow. um we gotta get in the label <laughs> i know dude i got an ipad yeah um now with you know having to take a step step back and and uh you know you're not micromanaging this company and they're doing your thing and growing your brand what in your head was the next step to continue to build the culture the culture for the brand or, 
the the culture for the monkeys and the drinks and just kind of the whole wave behind it. Or you, do you continue to manage the social media end of it, or do they take over a hundred percent? I don't. They took over a hundred percent. Okay. And it, it, it's lost the culture and social media part of the brand. Okay. Which is hard to see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it kind of like giving your baby away? Was it like? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Because you did build this from zero followers to where it's at. For now. sure. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, when you partner with a firm like that. Are you paying like a monthly fee to them or do you break them off equity as a partnership? Both. Mm. Wow. Yeah. You know, random question. Uh, as you're like, you're, I'll call you famous on TikTok and famous on <laughs> I think that's appropriate. Yeah, 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 very appropriate. I don't know where that line is, but I'm going to I'm gonna say it. I don't yeah. know if that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you getting It sounds like, good, dude. Like I have like a thousand followers, but sometimes I'll get these random messages from like people just saying weird shit, right? Do you get like a shit ton of those? I do. Yeah, I bet. Like girls hitting on you and all that shit? I'll be honest with you. No. Fanboys. Really? <laughs> Shout it, out it, to the fanboys. It really, really is. Yeah, that's I so wish funny. it was pretty girls. Yeah, I was yeah, getting yeah. Out, but it's like 95% fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> or somebody that wants something or needs something. That's so funny. It's such an unspoken thing. I feel like men supporting men, I say it all the time, is like a joke. But I feel like we're so much more supportive than we get credit for. Bro, I'm, I, I think I'm you're absolutely right. Yeah. And like, I hit up guys all the time. Like, yeah, that's just fire. You know? Yeah, like, I'll say it in a cool way. Not like, hey, you look fantastic today. No, you know? I'm a big gasser <laughs> yeah. upper. But, but I think it's huge. Like, men yeah. support Why men. Why not, dude? It's free. That's fucking great. I love it. But, but you know what? Somebody on TikTok posted, I would do anything to hang out with you. Wow. So, so, so what I did is I responded to that comment in a post. Yeah. I said, you, you know what? You let me know when you're in West Palm Beach, and I'll show you a great time with my crew. Yeah. yeah. So he responded. He said, I'm actually coming down in two weeks because I have friends in Jacksonville. Okay. So I said, okay. I said, bring your friends down. We'll do a boat day and and we'll go out after. We did it. No How'd it go? Way. It was a blast. Like, really nice wow. young guy. So Did he have, like, a lot of posts? Like, you were able to, like, lurk him a little bit before you made this offer? No, or it was a blind I, I, confidence? It was blind. Oh, wow. man. <laughs> You're a good guy. And a 400-pound <laughs> woman shows up. <laughs> or whatever. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. some fucking creeper. But, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I said, we're going to go boating. I'm going to have a bunch of people on the boat. So what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, right. A lot of witnesses. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. They can't jump me here. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's cool, that's man. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Some um, milk boy shit right yeah. there. That's great. Well, the first thing I thought about when you said building a, a liquor brand or a beer wine brand behind a culture is the a lot of brands don't have that culture. Like I thought the right. first thing I thought of was how the Nelk Boys released Happy Dad Seltzer. Right. Um, and how a lot of people just get it. So when you go to a party, people kind of know you're, you're, you know, you, you can get fucked with because you have Nelk Boys Seltzer. Mm. So it is so true. As I, I was, I was talking to Alex before you came, and I said, um, you know, I feel like a lot of these liquor brands are very cool and classy and rich and elegant, and mm. like you know, they have that top shelf, you know, appeal to them, which I'm sure there's studies and, and stuff to prove that. But there isn't a lot of brands where it's like, yo, I just want to rip a shot or have fun or socialize or party, you know. Not a lot of brands have a personality. Correct. You yeah. know, like Patron maybe does, but I, I mean, like, not even. No, you know? I don't think so. I, you know, they don't. Who, they, what they, face do you imagine, or like, what what do you imagine when you think of Patron? Just black, blackout, <laughs> blackout. Right, exactly. <laughs> as as for most, like you know? no memory. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I think a lot of brands lack. Um, uh, a personality and like the thing that I think of when we talk about stuff like this is how like 
when you see like the memes of like the Wendy's Twitter account, like firing at yeah, Burger, yeah. Burger King's Twitter account, like I love that shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, I yeah. don't necessarily go to Wendy's because of it, but it makes me think of Wendy's more often than I think of anyone else, you know? Absolutely. Because, like, they've got a personality yeah. behind their account other yeah. than just like posting whatever their special is. And I get pumped for that too because you know like there's someone with a firm, a marketing firm, who had to pitch someone on like, yo, you guys are just old and yeah. weird on social media. Let me be Wendy. Let me be Wendy. And and they did it and it's blown up yeah. and they're, you know, because that is the new wave. You got to look at who you're pitching to and how shit goes viral. I mean, it's like... Reed Ferguson said the same thing on his episode yeah. about the 123 Instagram account and yeah. how when he took it over, he knows noticed that there was no other bars around town that were like taking funny videos of the regulars or like pictures of the regulars or the day-to-day stuff they're just posting like a signature cocktail picture from their new menu or a picture of fucking pizza you know like instead of putting a personality behind the account and that's what he deleted his personal instagram page and his personal page became the one two three deterra page. Oh, that's pretty smart. I didn't and know that's that. why one two three deterra's page has you, you any given moment you can like know the regulars there without ever going, because they're always on the Instagram. And it's so true because it when when you're on social media and you're just mindlessly scrolling. I mean, all these posts that have no character and, and uh, imagination to them and something to draw you in, you're just going by, you know. And I think mm. so many people post what they think the world wants to see rather than posting themselves. And being them true selves and then the world loving them. Like, I love how we are organically growing on social media because we're just our true selves, you know? And it's why, like, the compliments are really cool. And why, honestly, I always made fun of like content creators for getting pissed off at comments, but it does kind of piss me off when people comment. I I like negative comments. Yeah. It It depends. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. I, I love the engagement. Ultimately, I love when it starts an argument within the comments and I'm just standing by watching. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, I, 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 with being our true selves, when someone like Rosa, sometimes we'll kick back on like the TikTok through our page. It's just for the engagement. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just so that they keep commenting back. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. Um, Now, back to to flying the planes. You started, you graduated, you know, a fly school. What was your next steps to to being an F-16? Monkey in Paradise started. Yeah. And people loved the story. It was all about the story I just told. I was already flying, but I met new people from it because they really respected the whole middle class upbringing, taking big risks in how we executed and starting this company. Mm -hmm. And I'd be hanging out at the airport, meeting people with planes, meeting people on social media that were local that owned cool planes. So I was getting offers to fly cool planes for free just because I started befriending these types of people. Mm -hmm. I was flying everything from helicopters to single-engine planes to jets even. And I just built up my reputation in aviation alongside Monkey in Paradise growing with the personal brand. Mm. Wow. And with that, I started writing for Florida Weekly newspaper. They, they reached out to me and said, hey, have a, a weekly column because they like the Monkey in Paradise story. Wow. In that, I was able to talk about whatever I wanted from the vodka to aviation. Did well with that. That turned into Forbes. Same thing. Talk about aviation. Talk. So you were writing weekly for Forbes? No, but I have a column in the Business Development Council. Wow. So I can write when I choose. Wow. Sweet. And my reach just kept increasing. Yeah. Social media growing. Now I, I have an aviation Instagram account with almost a million followers as well. Yeah. What I kept doing is building up my, my personal kind of resume showing this is why I should fly with the Thunderbirds and a fighter jet, why it makes sense. I'm writing for this newspaper. Did an article in Forbes. Did an article here. 
Monkey in Paradise has this many followers. My personal account has this. I had a video go viral here. Kept building my resume and sending it to the Air Force, sending it to different pilots. I was laughed at. They said, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. We don't care. Right. A civilian's not doing it. Then I had a friend that was running for governor of New York. I said, I need a big ask. De- department. Wait, wait, wait. Time, time out. <laughs> that isn't. Wait, who? who? <laughs> Are you allowed to say? Or? Yeah, it was Joel Giambra. And they were running for the, you said the mayor or governor? Governor. governor. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait. Damn, okay. bro. Right. And so is that a relationship? At what point in your life did you make that relationship? I met him in Buffalo because he was the county executive. Wow. And a politician there. And he just blew me off. He was too cool for me. Yeah. Then probably about eight years ago, I'm at Blue Martini. And he's there. <laughs> I love this spot. Like, hey, we're both in Buffalo. Yeah. And we became my like best friends. I mean, you blew me off, you know, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Buffalo. We just hit it off and became wow. bestest of friends. Wow. That's great. Yeah. So we say it on the podcast all the time. You never know which relationships, you know, are going to be the relationship that changes your life. So be nice to every, you know, you could have been Absolutely. a dick to that guy at blue martini because he blew you off yeah. eight years before that. You can have been like, fuck you, bro. Exactly. But instead you hit it off and you made a relationship that changed your life. Potentially, you know, you never know who's well, it, the person. It, it didn't change my life. Oh, what happened? He said, you know what? I'll set you up. I'll do a conference call with a high up at the de- department of defense. You can plead your case. Okay. So we do it. I plead my case. I said, this is how many views I get. This is my story. I'm too old to join the Air Force now. I want to promote the opportunity I missed. Okay. Here's my plan. Here's how we're going to do it. So I stopped talking. He says, Alex, this is the most ridiculous request I've ever had. Please don't waste my time or anybody else's in the government with this. It's insane. It costs the taxpayer over $100,000 for, for a flight like that, the liability, it's just not happening. What exactly was it that you were pitching? To fly with the Thunderbirds in a military F-16. And who are the Thunderbirds? They're the best pilots in the world. Okay, so that, they that fly, is a pretty bold ask. So, 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 so they fly in the Air Force. They're the ones that are flying right next to each other in formation. Okay. So it's the most elite pilots with the most elite jets in the world. And I wanted to fly in one of them. With one of the pilots. Okay. So it's like saying, and, and, and fly it myself most of it. Right, right. It's like saying I want to jump, you know, in a pool with Navy SEALs type thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Got it. Okay. So, so it was a big ask. Yeah. So I get totally blown off. Yes. But at least you got to have that conversation. Yeah. The relationship at Blue Martini got you to have that conversation, right? Correct. I would okay. have been taking screenshots of that Zoom the whole time. Yeah, that's sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I keep focusing on building my personal brand. Yep. Growing Monkey in Paradise. Growing my personal brand. Okay. And just to chime on something we were talking about earlier, this is an example of like many failures mm-hmm. that, or many no's, you know, that didn't stop you from being like, well, I still want to fly with the fucking Thunderbirds. Who do I need to talk to next? This is decades of no's. Yeah, we're right. going on here and just being laughed at. It's right. impossible. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. Kept building up that whole resume. I turned it into a media package, made it really, really good. Mm. Sent it to all the air show pilots, sent it to all the Department of Defense people, just laughed at it. So were you, like, what was, um, on your end of the conversation, like, what was the value that you were adding to the situation? My value to add is I can tell a story of how I missed an opportunity of joining the Air Force. And I had a recruiter that told me no after high school. And it's my biggest regret. Mm. So it's not just flying the jet for me. It's telling the story of what I think I missed out on. Yeah. I could have served the country 
could have mm. been could have been in, in the National Guard part time flying these jets. So I wanted to tell the story that I missed a big opportunity. Could have been doing it part time. Right. Th- then I, my selfish interest is my number one bucket list goal was f- flying a military fighter jet. Right. You know, with that point, I love your story because it just shows so much resilience. But with that point, when you look at the de- definition of insanity, which is doing something over and over and expecting a different result, mm. and you look at the definition of delusional optimism, where it's the same <laughs> thing. Damn, dude. It's the same thing, right? That doing something over and over and over <clears throat> again, staying happy, staying positive about it. People are going to look at you, 99% of them are going to say, that dude's insane. Yeah, that's what it fucking takes. It takes a level of insanity and obsession. Your obsessions become your possessions. That's the only reality to really cultivate something out of nothing. You know, if, if you're given something or you had a really good lead to start with, but to, to, to cultivate a dream or a vision or something in your head to real life, it takes that delusional optimism, you know, mm. which people are going to call insanity. It I sure does. So, so I kept having years of no's after yeah. this. The Department of Defense. I mean, wow, this is looking bleak. Yeah. So I'm going to air sh- <laughs> go, go, go to air shows. And I still have this crazy idea. You're walking around an air show. You're at, uh, an Air Force guy. Like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm at this air show. There's a golf cart, and there's a piece of paper taped to it. It said Thunderbirds on the front. I told my buddies, I'm just gonna wait here. I had a beer in my hands. Yeah. I said, I'm gonna wait here to see who shows up. Yeah. Two guys in flight suits show up. So guys, I have a crazy question. If somebody were to make a decision of a civilian to fly with the Thunderbirds with you, who is it? Guy points says him. That's our public affairs officer. Shut the fuck up. I'm like, wow. I'm like okay, at least I'm in the room with the right person. Yeah. Right. So I give him the pitch about how I missed out because of a recruiter. And how it's a bucket list dream and how I've built this huge personal brand to deliver the messaging, which is so unique, which the Air Force is missing out on because they're so bureaucratic. We can do this from an outside way. I can create epic content. We can tell the story. He liked it. He said, you know what? Maybe. I like it. Mm. He gave me a maybe. This is the best answer you got so far. I mean, this is huge. So he said, I showed him my media package. I had on my phone. Ready? Like, check this out. This is where we can do articles. This is what we're going to do. He said, you know what? Email it to me, and maybe we can make this happen. So this is kind of like if you give a girl your phone number. It's a total <laughs> waste of time. I'm not going to send you a freaking email. Right, right. So I pull out my phone. I said, I'm going to text this to you right now so you yeah. have it. I have to have a cell phone yeah, number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am not sending another email with this damn package again. Yeah. yeah. So I got his cell number. I sent it to him. I give it four or five days. I follow up a text message, nothing. A couple days later, text message, nothing. Phone call, nothing. Email, nothing. Two weeks, three weeks later, text message, maybe. I'll be in touch. So I keep following up text messages, calls, texts. He blows me off for a whole month, and I'm just on him, <laughs> on him, on him. It's a fr- he ghosted you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Friday night, 11 p.m. I get a text. New phone, who dis? Says, <laughs> says, Alex, check your email. It's on. No way. You know this boy jumped up out of bed. <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. That is amazing. What did that email say, bro? It, it was a whole six-page waiver, eight-page medical form. So You're flying with the Thunderbirds. Flight physical. Wow. That is insane. Wow. That, that's how it happened. It's so many no's. 
and just you keep going wow. and make it happen on your own if you really want it. That's God it, damn, dude. And that's why you became the first, you know. And it's just well, that. I'm not the first. The news reporters have done it. Other people okay. have done it. Okay, but it's a near impossible pull. Yeah. Wow. And that was your why the whole time, really, around everything. Now, when you when you did it, did you find that this crazy bucket list or goal or the why was worth the whole progress, or do you think you loved the pro the, the process more? Well, it's kind of like trying to pick up the hottest girl in the bar, where, yeah. where the process is a lot of times more fun than the, than the actual result. Mm. But the result was worth it. With yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was different. Because you look at like what his why was, and then you look at all the shit that got cultivated as byproducts of that, you know. And like mm -hmm. for us, our why is building this podcast to, the, to be the biggest influential and in, in content creating podcast that we can locally and across the country. But um, all the byproducts that we've already gotten from just this, meeting people, connections, you know, um, and relationships, just from this podcast have been immense, you know. So you realize that on the way to your goal that these things will come about and roll with them, you know. Um, but that's amazing. Now, I think another important thing to take away from what you just said that, like, affects me personally, or at least, you know, not so much these days where, like, I've, I've kind of come out of my shell, but as a younger person... I was a little bit shy, you know, and like scared to before the restaurant business, especially where then like my whole job was being like a personality of the restaurant and just meeting everyone. But prior to that, I was like scared to just talk to a random person or pitch someone on a fucking business, especially, you know, let alone just have a conversation, but try to ask them for something and pitch them on something. It's sort of a scary thing to think about if you haven't done it a million times before, you know, but had you not, you know, you saw the sign on the golf cart and then said, fuck this, I'm just going to sit here and wait and see who shows up and I'm going to try, you know? Absolutely. A lot of people would see that and go like, whoa, that's probably who I need to talk to, but are also terrified to talk to that yeah. person, you know, or terrified to pitch to a random person unprepared under circumstance, you know? But it just shows that you really need to jump on really any opportunity that is presented to you if you're hungry for it like that. And you can't be afraid to meet new people and talk to new people because a lot of success is stemmed from relationships. Correct. And you'll never develop those relationships if you're not meeting new people and talking to more it's people. It's all about who you know in right. life. It's so, so important. 100%. And people discount that so much and they'd like to burn bridges and, and, and ultimately your circle and your network is going to create everything in life for you. You know, from family to wealth to happiness to... Just everything. Um, I mean, dude, on a personal level, even think about like this podcast, you yeah. know, and how many of our guests we've had on from people that we knew in high school. Yeah. But imagine if we were like fucking douchebags in high school, yeah. you know, hitting those people up 10 exactly. years later to be like, hey, you want to come on our podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck you, you yeah. bullied me in <laughs> high school, you know? Like, exactly. But it just, you never, and not that like, uh, I don't know, you just never really know. Exactly. And why not be a good person? That's it. So here's a question for you guys. Please. What's the what do you think the hardest part of achieving your ultimate bucket list goal and dream is? You know, I don't it's funny you say that, Alex. By the way, I saw this video too. You know the Mandela effect? Have you ever heard tell of that? me what it is. I've heard so of it, but tell I'm me. I'm probably what it is. butchering this, but the Mandela effect is basically someone starting something as if it was always a thing 
and now it's a thing. So the Mandela Effect, for instance, I heard that the, the movie The Bucket List, The Bucket List was never anything before 2007 when the movie came out. The and phrase, the, the bu- having list. a bucket list wasn't a thing Correct. before the movie. Really? Correct. I didn't know that. But the movie came out, and the Mandela Effect, how many times as like a little kid, I mean, probably don't remember, someone said bucket list, didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the movie came out, and it became this thing, and then a bucket list is now a thing. They created the bucket list. It's the Mandela Effect. I didn't know effect. that. I didn't yeah. know that either. Yeah. Now everyone says, on the top of my bucket list, well, it was because of the movie. Someone was wow. dying, and they really? wanted to, they wanted to complete things before they That's interesting. the bucket. And you'll see in the movie, because it showed a clip, like in the beginning, they explain what bucket list is. Like, because oh, it, it wasn't a common because term. Because it yeah. wasn't a common Interesting. Term. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Um, crazy, boom. Uh, but answer list. the question. What do you think the hardest thing about achieving a bucket list goal is? The top. Is, I think that it depends... If you if it's like a personal bucket list thing, like I want to do not it's not monetarily or you know have kids or be a good father, like like just an experience. Mm. Um, I would have to say having the time to allocate to that crazy experience. Like for instance, you were okay spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours to to do this thing before you die, where a lot of people like for me, I don't I maybe be on a crazy yacht somewhere, but like. I don't, I don't know if I would allocate hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours to that. So I think a lot of people, they have this crazy like, experience they want to do, but they're like, is it even worth it? You know, is it worth my effort and time? Makes sense. Well, this is when money can't buy. Because yeah. if, if money mm. could have bought this, I would never allocate the time right. to something that, that has worse than lottery odds. I would yeah. allocate yeah. it to working and earning the money Correct. to have it. Yeah. I think like maybe to to put it in a short answer is like the discipline or yeah. like the the persistence, you know, because as we talked about this whole episode so far, like no's and failure are going to be a part of the journey the entire time until you ultimately reach the goal, you know? But that's even something for like re- uh, careers and relationships. Not even like that is very evident what you're building. But or even bucket, in his example. But for, but for a bucket list, bro, that's like... You're not seeing. You're gonna see the payoff one time. So okay, let's yeah, let's no put it in a real thing. Let's put it in a real life example. Yeah, yeah. What's at the top of your bucket list? I would say like Mars. That's, that's a good a, one. That's at the top of your bucket list. Going to Mars. I mean, I'd be pretty kind of. Dope. I'd be dope. That'd be dope. I don't know if I'd go. Like the first trip. But, so it's not at the top of your bucket like, list. Instance, no, you'd be like, how yeah, you be fighting for? Yeah, yeah it's not at the top for of your instance, bucket like, list. Like I'm coming over in like 1804. Like I'm waiting till people get over there safe. I, I get and what you're saying. You know, maybe I got a distant cousin there, and then I'm going. I'm not that, on the main. It sounds like it's at the bottom of your bucket list. I'm not. A- <laughs> you're waiting until everyone else is That's there. That's not your lifetime, my yeah. friend. Well, so, okay. Oh, what What is at the top of your bucket list? Uh, probably a Blumpkin. <laughs> wow. You're telling me that's not I. Money can buy that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> that was so good, bro. Dude, I mean, oh I'm not going to ask you if you've God. ever gotten a pumpkin, but I almost want to ask, I haven't, I haven't. is it worth it, you know? I don't think I have. Because I know, like, that that's a scary... You know, that's so me. funny, Nick. Oh, my God. Um, but honestly, <laughs> with you kind of being up in the stratosphere and shit, is, you think space is real? You think, like, the moon's what? real, all that? Is it real? Is it of course real? space is real. <laughs> you, now, I know people have been there. Okay. Like, <laughs> is it real? Because I have this thing, Alex, that I don't really believe something uh, until I see it. Right? So, for instance, I've seen a giraffe. Totally real. Right? What the fuck? But, like, shooting stars and, like, I'm not a flat earther, right? But I've never seen a shooting star. I've never have. 
He doesn't believe in shooting stars, bro. You know, you know, you can go to the beach tonight if it's a clear night and lay out there and stare off for about. I'm not 10 saying minutes and see one. I'm not saying I'm putting a lot of effort to see shooting stars, Alex. All I'm saying is naturally, I've never seen it. So my whole thing is, it's not that I don't believe in them. I just don't know if I believe in them. Do you have YouTube? Yeah, yeah, but that's not good enough proof that, for him. Oh, he needs he, to see it with his own I've eyes. I've seen Transformers; they're not real, but they look pretty real, you know. So you can confirm that the Earth is round. I can confirm that. Okay, yeah. I can show you a picture of the curvature of the Earth while flying. Okay. Thank you. How much is it curving though? Like a, a little bit, a lot bit. It's one degree every X miles. I don't. Okay. I'm not going to quote the number because yeah, yeah, somebody's yeah. going to say, "Oh, he doesn't know what he's talking yeah, about." Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. But, but listen, if it if it was flat, you'd be able to see a lot farther in the water mm. when you're boating, for instance. Okay. So if it was flat, you'd see much much farther. Because you lose vision where the curvature is. Mm. It's a degree every so often. Correct. Yeah. Now, when we're talking G's, like I look at your page, you're like flying. Right. Yeah, that's G's, crazy shit. Right. Yeah. And your face is like, you know, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. It's crazy. What is what is a G? So one G is the force of gravity. Right now, you get on a scale, you weigh 200 pounds. The force of gravity is 200 pounds on your body onto the scale. Okay. Okay. So if you were in a fighter jet and you're doing 10 Gs, okay. you'd weigh 2,000 pounds on that Holy scale. Fuck. So your face and everything would have 2,000 pounds on it instead of 200. <gasps> so it's like exponential. <clears throat> but what I don't get is because you're floating, though, technically. Like you're in, you know, like how does that work? That's but you're also zero moving. G. You're moving. You know, oh. you know? So how many G's are we just chilling here now? We're how? in one G right now. One G. So, oh. th so think about this. When you're in a car yeah. and you go over a hill mm. real quick and you feel your stomach come up. About two, three G's there? That's zero G oh. because, because you're losing your weight. Oh. You're, coming up, you're coming up in the seat. But if you're in a plane going forward yeah, fast yeah, as yeah. fuck, it's yeah, you're technically yeah. floating in the yeah. air, but you're moving forward. It's the acceleration. Right, right. Is that why, like, when cars go, like, 200 miles an hour, they feel like they get lower to the earth? Because... No. No, they're totally That's off. aerodynamics. Oh, but okay. it is the person in the passenger seat, like, going, and their face yeah, yeah, falling yeah. back, right? Yeah. Are those Gs? Those are Gs. Yeah, right, right. And a roller coaster is a G? Or that that's yeah, zero? Yeah, that's... When you're going down, yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. one and a half Gs. Okay. And when you feel that weightlessness, is that zero? When you're totally like right before the drop, when it feels like your stomach goes yeah, up here, yeah, that's probably zero. Yeah, um, yeah. But if you if you go upside down, you can be negative G's, and those oh. are the worst. That's the worst. Hurt, 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 hurt. I didn't know negative G's. Really? Anything. Yeah. And so, how do you achieve negative G's in a plane? So, in a plane, if you were to go upside down, yeah, then pull down. And why does that hurt? Because your body weighs less and your body's moving. Mm. But what's happening with, 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 with positive Gs, when you see people pass out, mm -hmm. what you're doing in a fighter jet, for instance, you have to flex your legs and your abs. Okay. And you pretend you're taking the biggest shit ever. Mm -hmm. I'm and you're pushing. Right now. So you do that and then you're trying to get air in every three seconds. <gasps> because your lungs are collapsing. What? The... This is fun. <laughs> the, the, the blood is coming out of your brain, so you're flexing your muscles, so the bl so blood stays up high in your brain. Ugh. You're trying to get air into your lungs; it's being collapsed. Crazy. So it takes serious training to fly hard in a fighter jet. Wow! Like, how long does that take of training before you should like go actually do it in the plane? 
Or before you're not passing out. Well, you're out doing it in the plane, uh-huh. and I pass out one time. Oh, okay. So how does so, that so, work? So I mean, so you were flying the plane when you passed out, not, or you're, you're was, a passenger, right? I was a backseat right? passenger. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. privately owned fighter yeah, yeah. jet that, that a friend of mine owns. Yeah, yeah. And I told him, let's go all out, cameras on, let's Fuck push me it. up, fam. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he, he is fucking me up the entire flight. Yeah. Then he's like, do you, have an, do you have it in you for one more hard maneuver? I'm like, yes, but not really. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't flexing properly. It wasn't breathing. And he put me out. And what it felt like was just confusion. My vision went into a tunnel uh. of blackness. It was like I just, I was so tired, laying in bed, couldn't keep my eyes open for another second. Wow. Uh. And it put me out. When I woke up, I didn't know how long it was, didn't know where I was, who I was. Wow. I was out for about two and a half seconds. Oh, my God. You could have told me it was two days. Wow. And I did not know. And no. That was one of my most viral videos. Yeah. That, I that, definitely saw that one. That's not it, fam. No. I, I don't. <laughs> and what's that derived from? The but, blood leaving your brain? It's the blood, yeah. And not the, the oxygen. But what I said at that flight, I told my buddy, you'll never put me out again. Yeah, and I will do better. I'm going to train. I'm going to breathe better. I'm going to practice. Right. And you can never put me out now. Yeah. Never, never. Can you practice ever. on the ground or no? Yeah, you can practice okay. your flexing and breathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Wow. But Holy I, shit, I, but I said that's it. That won't happen again unless I want it to. Wow. And that's the last time it happened. And I've probably done 20 fighter jet flights since. Yeah. I did one yesterday, and I was turning my camera off. He surprised me. It hit me pretty hard. Yeah. And no problem. Sick, wow. man. How, how do you find these friends with flighter jets? <laughs> I'm like, I'll, I'll take a friend, you know? It, it was during the whole Monkey in Paradise startup. Okay. I was learning social media. I was meeting people in aviation. I was able to get names of people that privately own them. There's not many. Found one that was local here in West Palm Beach. Wow. And my dream was to fly, obviously, in the military fighter jet. The privately, won, privately owned fighters are only about 60% of the performance, I'd say. Okay. Because they're, they're old school trainers from Russia, Czech Republic. So it's the max performance toy you can own. Mm-hmm. And I found somebody locally that had them. Wow. So I kept hitting him up on social media, commenting, liking his pictures, mm-hmm. DMing him. And he, he blew me off too. Yeah. But then finally, he agreed to lunch. He saw how hard I was working with Monkey in Paradise. Yeah. We went to Lenora's for lunch. Wow. He said, if they have Monkey in Paradise, we'll go. So I said, they do. So he said, we'll do an hour lunch. Turned to a six and a half hour lunch. Oh, really? And he said, I love what you're doing. I like it so much. I want a Monkey in Paradise sticker on my fighter jet. Come on. Wow. Like, really? It's like the biggest honor. I've never even been in one. It's so huge to me. I have it made. We go to the airport. We put it on together. Sick. And I'm like, thank you so much. And he says, you want to fly? I'm like, yeah, when? He's like, now. Wow. Starts no flexing way. his ass. And <laughs> we became the, the best, bestest of friends, him and I. Wow. And what we, kind of plane is this? It's called an L39. How much does one of these go for? They're not that expensive to buy. It's to get the training to operate it and the cost to keep running it. You can buy a nice one for about $600,000. Not that expensive to buy. Well, com- com- compared, to, <laughs> <I mean. laughs> compared to the Thunderbirds F-16, that's $100 million. Jesus million. Christ! With an M? A hundred million? 
And how many does the military have? They have a lot of them. <laughs> oh my god! Well, the military bro. budget's like just like does, a, they don't have one. It's like a not explainable number, you know. Yeah. Keep in mind, we're funding it. Yeah, that is true. Very true. Um, wow, that is insane. I might be a flex one day for me, you know. Like, hey, I'm gonna scoot by in my flighter jet. It's a serious flex. I yeah, mean, I think it's one of the biggest flexes there is. Like, oh, not much shit. more Man, because yachts don't impress me. Yeah. Cars don't impress me. Fuck that! God, I want damn. a flighter jet. How much do you, you keep saying flighter jet? Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> flighter jet. Um, <laughs> fighter. I didn't even realize. Right? It, it I mean, I, I am yeah, right, right? Even, but they call them fighter jets, but they, there's no guns on them, right? There's no guns anymore on the privately owned ones. But the Thunderbirds have guns. Thunderbirds have guns. Whoa. Did you ever think about like just like? Well, they're not armed. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever think about this? But, but what's cool? Sorry, <laughs> what's cool is I did get to fly half the flight on my own. I got to put the afterburner on. Wow. Really? That is, that's on. like NOS. What is that? What is that? Yeah, for? pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. And, and the Thunderbirds F-16 burns 1,000 gallons of fuel per hour at slow cruise, and 8,000 per hour at full throttle. So that's how inefficient these things yeah, are. Yeah, how much it, does the tank hold? And how I don't know the exact amount right now. I used to know. It's got to be a, a lot, yeah, right? A lot. Yeah. But but they only go up for an hour. Keep in mind. Then they have okay. to refuel. Wow. Jeez, bro. It's like Elon's next thing is a, a battery charged fighter jet. <laughs> well, well, Elon had an L thirty nine fighter jet personally. Really? For a long time, it was his favorite toy. Wow. You know, I feel like you know. I, I wish I did. I <laughs> okay. Know. Okay. So one day, so yeah, it, yeah. it was his favorite toy, but the, but the board of Tesla made him step down or made him get, get rid of it and retire wow. the flying. Wow. Because of it, it was natural fuel that it was using. What was the reason for that? No, because it's just so dangerous. Yeah, uh, right. are, you can't lose Elon. These are yeah, si yeah. these are single engine jets, and that's true. they're old. They're 1970s technology. Wow, huh? It's crazy to think about. But yeah, he was forced to get rid of it. He misses it, and he just can't do it anymore. Imagine if someone told you like you you had to drive a 1970s car every day, and like. But I feel like is that was, crazy to think about? Yeah, that it was pretty Elon crazy. Elon Musk, though. I feel like it'd, I'd rock it. You know, put twenty twos on it. And sure, but it might kill you at any moment. You know, it oh, might yeah, it yeah, might yeah. combust at any moment. True, very. It's true. a very dangerous business flying these fighter it's jets be, yeah. and fighter jets. About half of them have ejection seats and half don't. <laughs> true. So the what's the plan for the ones that don't? <laughs> so you wear a parachute. That's the ones it, that you don't you like. You wear a parachute. There's a canopy release. And you jump out and. Pull the chute once you're out. How fast are you going? Yeah. I mean, you're going between three and 500 miles an hour. So it's not going to be pleasant. To just jump out. You know, it's not going to be a good experience. <laughs> oh, my but, God. But the, but the reason people take the ejection seats out mm -hmm. is you have a 30% chance of breaking your back upon an ejection. Oh, really? So there's no good answer here. Yeah, because it's just the instant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because of, of the yeah, force in your lash, body. Bro. Are those Gs? Boom. That's that, a few that, that's Gs. That's like 20 Gs. That's going like out. Yeah, instant. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so you're going to be out. Yeah. Yeah, you're done. You're done. That seems a little counterproductive. Uh, <laughs> so there's no like good a bottom solution. ejection. Yeah, Holy wow. shit, man! This is so okay, crazy. You're like an extremely intelligent guy. I'm gonna ask you a question. It always blows okay. my mind, right? We're in a plane, right? Commercial plane. Yeah. We're going 200 miles an hour. I'm yeah. just throwing numbers out. I'm on the back of the plane. Pete's 60 feet ahead of me, and I throw a 90 mile an hour pitch. Yep. How fast is that ball going? 90 miles an hour. In the, in the inside plane. the plane. Inside the plane. Yeah, I think it's like a vacuum in the plane, right? I yeah. mean, it, it, yeah. Because my thing was, how is that not going 290 miles an hour? According to the ground speed, it is. So if, you're, if you're using the ground as reference, but if you're is. using a radar gun, yeah, it's going to be it's 90. It's going to be 90. But, but, but my thing is, but you add them together. You know, like you got to no. think no. outside the square. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. That's Einstein's theory of relativity. 
Who's he? <laughs> it's a whole theory that speeds are absolutely relative. According to what? What is your frame of reference? Right. Oh. So the ground speed would be like a base of zero. But so, if we're our base speed is the plane speed that okay. you're starting from. Okay. Wow. Correct. So right now, I mean, the Earth is spinning at some crazy fast number. So when, you, when you're when you walking around the block, you don't add the number of the Earth's rotation. <laughs> nah. How fast you're, you're, you're oh, walking. You're still walking nice. three miles an hour. Well said, Alex. I knew he was going to kill me well in this one. Well said. I said... You're the only one who's ever beat the question, Alex. Good job, bro. That was good. And he's bringing up Heinz. I can't argue with that. You know, he's got me. Is that like Murphy's Law? <laughs> Let me get back to you, Alex. <laughs> I had another kicker for that. That um, was good, bro. You nailed it. He's a genius. Um, <laughs> now, now that you kicked that bucket list, what's what's? Do you have any more? Or is it just kind of game over after that one? So I asked you the question: What's the hardest part? Mm. Achieving it. It was what is next. It was yeah. dissatisfaction after, yeah. honestly, after it was done. It's like, okay, now what? Right. That was the biggest, most impossible, hardest thing. Mm -hmm. So that was a struggle for a while. Yeah. So yeah. You, are you going to space? What's I mean, what's what's bigger than that? Yeah, I mean, it'd be so boring once you get there. Okay, I mean, true. The, the ride up. I've already done the centrifuge simulation. Will you in, float? In the thing that the, the spins around, so it simulates going to space. Yeah. Okay. So I've already done the Gs, seen the flight profile. Is that what that simulation's for? Preparing you for the Gs of getting there? The centrifuge, yeah. Yeah. So I've already... Because you just... Spin, you know what he's talking about? You've been that ride on Disney? It's at Epcot? You know what I'm talking about? The space ride? Anyone? It's not as intense as what okay. he's talking okay. about, I guarantee yeah. it. Do you know what he's talking about? No. You, like, I think you see it in an Austin Powers scene, maybe. It's the only reason I know it. But there's Center like a... just spins oh, and spins. You're in, in, in a in, capsule, in your, in your and you're just off, fucking you're just, spinning yeah, yeah. like crazy. Okay. You're thinking of the child version. We're talking about the real one. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. for NASA yeah, 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 and shit, yeah, yeah. you know? Okay. No, That's I'm how they prepare people to go to space, to, to experience... It simulates G-Force, right? It does, yeah. yeah. Wow. And they do that for fighter jet pilots. And, and what kind of Gs are you getting up to when you do that simulation? Those can do more than the body can handle. Wow. How much can the body handle? Up for debate. Mm. And it's all about for how long. And what's the first thing that gives in when the body can't handle it anymore? Like it crushes your rib cage or like what happens? What, what, what you see is if you were driving your car and you make a left-hand turn right into the sun in your eyes, it, oh, it's fuck. white and bright. That's, that's where you start. Thing. So you start there. Sounds scary. So it's kind of like the sun's in your eyes. So it doesn't feel like a problem. You feel like you're totally with it. And, oh, shit, I'm just being blinded by the sun. Yeah. Then it gets dark. It's slowly getting dark and tunneling in. Okay. And unless you flex hard and get some air into your lungs, yeah. it's going to keep closing in. Then you're out. You're going to pass out. And then, so, obviously they don't do this in that simulation, but... If they were to just keep spinning it faster and faster and faster until eventually, I'm assuming G-Force will kill a person at the right G-Force, right? Yeah, I would think so. I don't know what that number is, though. What's the it, most it's recorded? never been done. Yeah, what's the highest G's a human has gone through? Do you know? I really don't. Mm. But I can tell you that an F-16 fighter jet is one of the highest performing aircraft in the world, and that can do between 9.5 and, and 10 Gs. Oh, my God. So and the, fl the flight computer limits it at 9. Sometimes you can get 9.1, 9.2. Holy shit. So when you're, like, chilling, you know, 45 miles an hour on, like, the middle lane, and then, like, you gun it, right? I'm talking about in the air. So you're going fast, and then you go faster. Is, are you controlling that, or like you hitting buttons on a computer and it's like you have picking. a throttle, just like a car, or okay, four wheeler. So you have a throttle on your side. 
No mm. shit. And it's just like that that simple. And are you yeah, looking right. out so, so, so this is idle? That's full throttle. That's simple. Are you looking out the window to know where you're going? Or are you looking at a computer screen Both. to know where you're going? Both. Okay. But you're literally looking at the clouds like, gotta go left here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Holy shit. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And, and then I have a throttle analogy that I use for my life. What's so that? obviously this is idle back here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is full throttle up here. So you can live your life in two ways. Throttle idle is shame, full throttle glory. So are you going to be in shame or glory, mm. full throttle? So that's my attitude with everything. I want to be in glory mode, not shame at idle. Full it shows, bro. Throttle. Yeah. I like that. It shows. Pete and I are both reading. I'm reading it for the third time now, but uh, How to Win Win Friends and Influence People, Dale, Dale Carnegie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favorite books of all time, but in that book, he explains how to win friends and influence people. And I feel like, I don't know if you've ever read that book, but, I have not. Uh, but you're a master at it um, organically. What would you say is the biggest thing to winning friends and influencing people? To being a good person, being genuine, following up with your actions. Yeah. Mm. Everybody talks. Yeah. But who actually comes through? Yeah. yeah. So to actually follow through with everything you say, mm-hmm. there's nobody that can tell me, oh, you said you're going to do this, but didn't. Yeah. Oh, you said you're going to be here at this time, and you're late even. Yeah. I think being late is a lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a personality thing. that I, I think it's who we are. You have it or you don't. And if you yeah. don't, it would probably be pretty hard to, to get there. Yeah. not saying it's impossible. Yeah. Sure. And I feel like you're definitely the guy, like, we have a crazy discussion at a bar, and, like, I go home, I'm thinking about it, the next morning I'm kind of thinking about it, but you'll text me about it. Like, you follow up on that shit, you know? I respond to every single person that sends me a meaningful message on any social media, 100%. I don't respond to a hey, a hi, anybody that wants advice or something meaningful, I respond every single time. That's amazing. And I spend a lot of my time doing that. Yeah. Now on a person on a personal level, are you single in a relationship? Are you looking for family? What what is what is your goals with that? I'm single, really good at being single. Yeah, <laughs> not a family guy. Okay. So I'm a cat guy. Okay. I have an exotic cat called a savanna cat. Whoa. So it's a African serval leopard bred with a house cat. True. So it has the spots of a leopard. Okay. Intelligence of a dog. Okay. And if you travel, you can leave the, the cat alone. It's very self-sufficient. What did you say it's called? A savanna cat. How big are we talking? We're talking the size of a normal house okay, cat. Okay, okay. But, but the look of a leopard with spots. That's and sick. the intelligence. Of a dog. So yeah. you'll walk in and call them by the name and they're like No, a dog. so very free-willed. Okay. So, so not like friendly like a dog, but the intelligence of a dog. Wow. wow. Still tricks? uses a litter box? Still uses a litter box, yeah. Does tricks and stuff? Nope. Okay. Extremely self-willed, what he wants, when he wants. Interesting. That's a boss bitch. Holy shit. So eventually the closest I'm interested in to kids is a cheetah. Okay. <laughs> You're very expensive. Is this a very expensive wow. cat like that we're this. talking about? The Savannah cats are very expensive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like they might be. So... Do you think just your life, obviously your, your missions and your goals are amazing and you've achieved almost every single one you've ever sought after. With, when seeing a family or seeing a relationship or a partner, do you feel like that's a tying you down or bringing you away from that? I mean, how do you view that? I think it's two different lifestyles yeah. in, in what you want. And I respect both for sure. And I really respect people that are honest about what they want. Because yeah. I yeah. see a lot of people that, 
that want the family but still want the single life, and that I don't respect so much. Yeah. But I respect honesty. Yeah. And yeah. You don't see a lot of that. So I think guys get a bad reputation for that. Girls get a bad reputation for that. 100%. I think no matter what you do, if you're honest. Like I've never had a, a girlfriend, a lady friend, that could ever say I lied, wronged them, because it's always up front. That's and good, I, dude. I think if you're honest about it, that's great. Right. And people won't always be happy about that. Right, exactly. But if you're honest... You're never doing anyone dirty. You're never doing anybody wrong. Right. Being true to yourself, it's everything. Now, when you say I'm honest with them up front, like how does that discussion go? Like, hey, I just want to let you know if you catch any feelings, that's not what I'm looking for. Like, how does that discussion go? Well, it's just honesty. The, hey, right now... If it's me personally, mm. I'm not in a position to date. Okay. We can have fun. We can have a great time. But I'm not looking for anything committal. I am career-oriented, so it would not be fair for me to be exclusive to you. That was very, like, you suave. He's got, he's got drip to it. And then the girl's like, I'll get you in touch with my yeah. HR <laughs> director. <laughs> <laughs> And that probably makes them want you more. See, no, right, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, the way it's, to do it's it. It's the reverse psychology. But also, I mean, like, the, the point you were saying, it's authentic, you yeah, know? Yeah, there, it is. There's yeah. nothing bad you can say about it yeah. because it's just genuine. It's real. And it's so, honest. And if you don't like it, then okay, we stop wasting each other's time. Yeah, exactly. And could, could that change someday? Sure. Probably not, but maybe. I mean, maybe. Could. And the reality is a large percentage of males that go out, I feel like, in my opinion, feel that way, but just don't express it, you know, like right. maybe 10% sure. express it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't like that. No, exactly. They, they express this, you know, well, let's be together, baby. And, let's and I also think it's what, you know, this is a wild accusation, but I also think that sort of behavior for a long time might be the reason why girls are as savage as they are today, yeah. because they're used to being done dirty, you know, and misled, oh, agree, yeah. or their time wasted, and absolutely. now they're just like, fuck it, I'm gonna play the same game. Yeah, Absolutely, know? so it's just getting worse, it's a cycle, it's getting now, worse. Now, no one can cycle. commit, no, I don't want to say no one, but it's a small majority of people that are even looking for relationships, yeah. or looking for a serious commitment, everyone's just kind of wanting to play. But no one will no, say it's it. True. But no one will say but it. Right, no one wants to yeah, say yeah, it. So the only way I'd consider settling down a serious relationship would be if one plus one, me and her, yeah. equals three. If everything's better, yeah. Right. I mean, no real compromising, just improvement. And a relationship's about compromise. So that's yeah. a near impossible formula. Sure. But what do you think that girl needs to be for that to happen? I don't know. I've never met her or heard yeah. about her. In your mind, <laughs> though, is it like, in your mind, is it like she needs to be a pilot and like want to go to the... No, play? absolutely not, because I think that would conflict. It would conflict, you, you, you right? You two alphas. Right. It's you would need her to almost be yeah, like yeah, self-sustainable. Yeah. And, and I'm big on traditional roles as well. So mm -hmm. you know, alpha male, and then, then you need a, a caring yes. female. Yeah. And most guys can't say that either because right. they're politically correct. Correct. And, and girls want to be more independent now, which is great, but mm -hmm. then you need more of a, a beta guy to right. make it work. Or in the long run, how can that possibly work if, if you both have the exact same positions? Right. Yeah. So you bring up an interesting point. I'm glad you said alpha and beta because it's oh, something boy. we've talked about a couple of times and it's an interesting topic. Like, do you think that everyone, either male or female, identifies as either an alpha or a beta? Or do you think that line has kind of been. Washington. Great over the time over the years. I think people are scared to say it. I think they're weak. I think that it is something we are. Yeah. It's either you're A or B, alpha, beta. There's nothing wrong with either. Sure. I mean, they're both great. Time and a place. So I think that men need to toughen up. 
Are there certain character like what are the characteristics of an alpha man, or I, more importantly, what are the characteristics of like a beta man? So a, a beta male is the opposite of say a pilot female. A beta male is more sensitive and emotionally driven. Mm -hmm. An alpha male is more logically driven. So mm. it's two mindsets, emotion versus logic, which I think are the primary differentiators. Nice. Well said. And, and pilots have to be alpha because it's all about decisions that are based on Objective fact, stuff. Yeah. based on logic. trusting instruments yeah. and trusting the surroundings and mm. not how they feel. Right. A lot of times you can't tell if you're upside down based on how you feel. If there's an emergency, how you feel doesn't matter. You have mm. lives at stake. So well it's not said. about not being in touch with your emotions. It's about making decisions based off of emotions. Correct. That's the difference. Yes. Because I'll say it. I consider myself an alpha male just because of my you know, personality. Sure. And that doesn't mean I don't have empathy or emotions or all that stuff. Right, right. I, and you but, don't have to be 100% yeah. one way. It's like politics. Nobody yeah, yeah, is yeah. fully exactly. left or right if you yeah, think about it. That's a good way so to put it. So it's not like it's a 100%. You don't have it, any it, beta it, right. characteristics. It, it, exactly, yeah. yeah. But I'm very much a realist. I'm very much like, what's the end goal here? I'm very much I, a logical I, thinker. A logical thinker. Yeah, so that's yeah. very alpha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was very well. Your yeah, you nailed it, dude. That was good. That was great. That was good. Um. Wow, so that's crazy. So I I agree. I think you should be very open if you want marriage. I know a lot of people who are married or have kids who probably shouldn't be married or probably shouldn't have kids. Uh, they feel like the societal pressure. But I, I'd love that thing of like, I want to be single just because I love being single, you know? And you see it less and less. But there's also a shit ton more divorces. So I think there's a reason for that. People and that number just keeps going up, up and, and up and up. And up. Mm -hmm. um, what do you attribute that to? Social media. Yeah. Opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> because if you think about it, you used to live in a town. You knew people in that town. You had maybe relatives somewhere else. You'd visit them once a year. Yeah. Now you're on social media. You get in a fight with your significant other. She goes on social media, says she's sad. Yeah. There's 15 guys sending your messages, comments, oh, how can I help you? I'm there for you. Every, yeah. every beta male is yeah. feeling bad. in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so they're trying to sneak in on the misfortunes. Yeah, and then it's instant gratification when there's yeah, a fight exactly. for the female, and the yeah, fight goes bro. on instead of compromising. Oh, I mean, positive attention from yeah. here, and it has destroyed relationships. Yeah, it's that's well said because there's so many possibilities. There is just so much, so much positive attention. Even when the, maybe there should not be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Instead of reflection, it's what's next. What's people, what's people just there. aren't working on fixing things, fixing themselves, you know, the next yeah. best thing. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. Instead of fixing themselves, they'll go to where the attention is coming yeah. from. And that that's the real problem. And I'm the victim, and I got done wrong. Not no, you're just a bitch, you know. Um, and I can get gratification over here. Correct. You know, when I'm I getting don't it right get it now. The here. same right night I got yeah. into the fight, right. and I'm the one that caused it. Yeah. Right. And like they wonder why they're so empty because they're not getting anything real, you know. Mm -hmm. Like the relationships fake, these followers are fake, these messages are fake. Where's your reality coming from? Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about the whole OnlyFans thing? I think that I'll say this too. I, I'm, I guess I'm going to start giving more of my. I've been very politically correct this whole podcast. I think the more I get open and and, and feel like I could have discussions, I will. I think OnlyFans is going to have ripples that that go generations um not in a good way i think that um these very attractive females and males and people are going out there and they're getting the quick bag shit man 10k a month 15 sometimes 100k a month um 
but I'm a very traditional male, you know, and if I had, if I had a mom who shit, social media is only going to get worse. If I had a mom who I knew was her tits were on OnlyFans, or she was sucking dick on OnlyFans, or my dad's cock was on OnlyFans, I'm like, I'm getting bullied for that probably. I'm getting shamed. I don't have any confidence. I, you know, they're they're empowering this movement of OnlyFans, independence, you know, sexiness, own your body, all this stuff. But ultimately, I would never date a girl or or, or have dated a girl or whatever that would represent herself in that manner. I would never respect a girl that did that, let alone date or spend time with. So even as a friend, like if you had a friend that started OnlyFans, would you voice your opinion on that? Or is it only in a Absolutely. romantic way? Okay. Okay. Mm. Because it's just such a cheapening of yourself, killing your personal brand. Yeah. And instead of doing things the right way, it's a shortcut. Mm. And there's an end date too. So what yeah. are you going to do after that? That's so true. Yeah. You know. So you're killing your potential to meet the right people, to be respected, to ever have a career, yeah, yeah. or ever have real success. So it's just an easy way out Correct. and really Temporarily. A, a moral compromise. Correct. Mm. And then, but here's what happens. You're, you know, you're going to college or you're grinding on that path that you're going to one day be successful at. And one of your girlfriends calls you up and says, I just made 15K this month. You think you're more attractive than them or have bigger boobs or whatever it is. Right. So you're like, dude, what am I doing? I just had a shitty day. I could take a few selfies and make 50 grand, you know? Right. And so I get that perspective. Um, but ultimately, I think it's a quick high that doesn't last long and on the backside will kick your ass. Um, 100%. And, yeah. I, and I, I think people are chasing that high and chasing that bag or whatever. And we're young yet, still us millennials and, and even the next generation in a young sense that we're accepting it. But I think the ripples of it, and like Parker, uh, and like uh, Frankie Linosa said in his, similar to yours, he's like, all these bright minds and people that could be doing crazy successful things are now becoming OnlyFans people. And just you know, putting their whole life's purpose on pause to, to make some quick money, you know? Um, so, and I think in real time, we'll see it unfold two different ways. There are definitely people that are going to burn their personal brand and career. And there's also probably people that will make that quick quarter of a million dollars yeah. and then put it into something that makes them extremely wealthy for the rest of their life. Yeah. Very low percentages. Very, yeah. yeah, maybe. I mean, a ton of people made a ton of money for sure. And you can't think 90% of those people just fucked it all yeah. off, you know? Yeah. Some people must have made good choices with their yeah. money. Will it never... They can't ever undo the stuff that they put out on the internet yeah. for sure. But I think a lot of whether or not it was worth it for you depends on what you do with the money you made in the short period of time that it made you money. Yeah. Okay, you know? now, now how many strippers have you guys ever met in your entire life that made a ton of money, made really smart investment decisions? In very few. Yeah. Very few. So it's a similar odds. It's I'm, similar. I'm sure some have. I think but, the but big difference... They, they get caught up in the easy money yeah. and, and they don't do Absolutely, like absolutely. Yeah. But the ones that realize, like you said, it's a temporary thing... There's got to be some that make that connection, you know, and go, I'm this sure. this app will not be here forever, especially with the scare like a year ago where they said they were taking all explicit content yeah. off. Some of them must have got wise and be like, I'm going to get involved in this Bitcoin shit or this NFT shit, you know. Whether or not you agree that that's a smart investment is not the point right now, but some of them, I hope, wised up with their money, guy or girl, and started repurposing it so that their only dependency wasn't OnlyFans. Correct. So I'm sure there's plenty of examples of people that... Their out their life was positively benefited from OnlyFans, even if it was a moral thing that they had to yeah. sacrifice in the moment, you know. 
And will they regret that in 10 years when they have a child and that child potentially gets to see them naked on the internet? Probably, yeah. yeah. But will that child also maybe like be in private school and have an amazing life for the rest of his life because that person financially is set up forever? Also, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of examples of that. But that's why I think it's selfish because you're getting the same result as a different path, but you're doing it in ways that you're putting yourself out there, but all the people around you getting affected aren't putting themselves out there, right? So you're reaping the benefits, but your brothers, your sisters, your mom, your dad, your future kids, your future whatever gets affected by it. If you're on, on, if you're on OnlyFans, you really care about that? I don't know. As a brother, like if my sister was on OnlyFans... No, no I know, but... Yeah, yeah. But... If your sister is on there, I don't think she really cares about you or her family. That's that's, that's, it's it's a greedy, easy way. And like all these people are like, well, I told my parents and they were okay with it. I'm like, what's the option as a parent? Do you completely tell your kid to fuck off or like, do you just say. And to play devil's advocate, as we always do, I, I also think like that. You shouldn't have to make your choices based on what everyone else is gonna think of you, which we say all the time, you know, fuck what everyone else thinks of you. And yeah, obviously, like, Porn is another level of that, you know, where it's, like, morally questionable. But I'm also not going to jump on board with, like, well, you shouldn't do it because everyone's going to think negatively. If you don't have any moral compromise with it, then more power to you. And maybe you've got a similar mindset to some people where it's, like, I'm never going to – I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. I just want to live my life for me and achieve my goals and do what I want to do. And if, you know, if that's the case, then, yeah. like, I guess more power to you, you know? And I think there's also a lot of girls and possibly guys that are making a ton of money off OnlyFans that potentially would have been a server at Applebee's for the rest yeah. of their life. You know, maybe they weren't going to be the CEO of some company, but now they've got a million bucks because they found something that they could make money in. And again, I'm not saying all this because I'm like an advocate of OnlyFans, yeah. but anyway, I've never even been on OnlyFans at any point in time in my life Devil's to like look or yeah, participate. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just uh-huh. under, you know, playing devil's advocate because that's what we do. On and here. when I preface when I don't respect, not in a way that like I'll be rude to you, I don't respect you, but if you were to ask me point blank, like, do you respect my occupation? I would probably say no, but I'm not right. gonna. And go, I agree with I'm that. I'm not gonna go out of my way to be a dick or like to a person and just give my opinion that. Well, listen, if you want to do that and you're happy with it, who the fuck am I? You know. Right, right. But if you were to ask me my opinion on it, that's what it would be. There's also people out there that make a living scamming people. Correct. You know? And Correct. like, I, Which that's the person who goes, "Fuck yeah. you." You know. Exactly. That's the double. <laughs> if there's people out there that want to buy naked pictures of people, and there's yeah. girls out there that want to sell naked pictures of them, then well, yeah. whatever. There's a market for it. You know. All right, Alex. Last question for you. Um, okay. To your followers, to your family, to your friends, if you were to ask, like, what do you do to chase a dream, your wildest dream, your bucket list number one, whatever it is, what would you say that is? What would you say that is? So you never, ever, ever quit. You stay at it. You have to want it. And what you have to remember, all the boos you're going to get from the haters, Mm. the boos always come from the cheap seats never from the field (laughs) so who cares about your haters leverage it and if you really want it you can achieve anything that's a good one the booze always come from the cheap (laughs) seats that's good dude i like that um so guys where can they find um the liquor uh the vodka uh, well we'll put all the plugs in the description just so you can find everywhere alex is issued but what do you want to plug for yourself now so Monkey in Paradise Vodka, every yep. ABC Liquor, every Total Wine, what? every Winn-Dixie, every Publix. 
Get out of here. Big dog shit, bro. Big, Big dog shit. Personal social media handles, Instagram, at successful. TikTok, at Alex His personal Instagram's at successful. successful. <laughs> That's it? Tyler. Just the word successful? Yeah. I love that, what? bro. What? Okay, one more time. You could find at ABC Liquors, Total Wine. What was the other thing? Winn-Dixie. Okay. Publix. Wow. Fuck yeah, man. That is so great. And uh, at successful guys. Yeah. Um, Anything else? What else you got? I think that's all I got. Yeah. Aviation page. Unless you, oh, more plugs at Aviation Daily. Beautiful. Everything will be in the description, so you can just click on it. You are Elon Musk Jr. I swear, bro. You are. That was, that was <laughs> that's amazing. a hell of a compliment, yeah, guys. No, no, I, I love. I, I don't like know about that. You're reading my mind. Um, but guys, that was Alex for this week. It's incredible. A lot of knowledge. A lot of purpose. Reach out to him. I, Guarantee he's going to respond. Um, and tell him what you think. Tell him, Ask him for advice. And uh, he probably knows a lot of people, too. So um, I have a feeling we're going to need to bring you on yeah, back here. Yeah, we'll do bit. it again. Yeah. I have a lot more to discuss here. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> guys, that is Alex for this week. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. See you guys.